Hello and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and this is episode number 46 of the Imagineer Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about a classic attraction that was over at Epcot for more than two decades, and that is Ellen's Energy Adventure over at the Universe of Energy Pavilion in Future World. We'll talk a lot about some of the fun facts, the history, things you might not have known before about this classic attraction, and we'll also journey together for a ride on Ellen's Energy Adventure, which I think will be especially fun for those of you who might miss that attraction or perhaps you have never had the chance to ride Ellen's Energy Adventure before and it'll be a new experience for you. At the end of the show, we'll come back and I'll tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast on all of our social media channels and how you can help to inspire and create the future of this show. So... Grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy this episode of the Imagineer Podcast. Energy Adventure opened its doors to the public on September 15, 1996, and technically this was the second version of the Universe of Energy. The original version of the attraction opened with Epcot on October 1st, 1982, and the attraction lived to be close to 35 years old. Now, what I love about the Universe of Energy is that it had an important place in Future World and was positioned in Future World East. Now, why do I say that it was important for where it was placed? Well, not many people know that when Epcot opened, the Imagineers actually separated Future World into two halves, which was paying tribute to the human brain's left and right hemispheres. Future World West paid tribute to the more creative side of the brain, featuring natural sciences and psychology, which is why we see pavilions like the land, which pays tribute to agriculture, the Imagination Pavilion, which pays tribute to psychology and, of course, imagination, and the Living Seas, which pays tribute to marine biology. Now, in Future World East, on the other hand, this pays more tribute to the analytical side of the brain, which is why we see attractions like, when it first opened, uh, the World of Motion, which is dedicated to mechanical engineering, Horizons, which is dedicated to astronomical sciences, and the Wonders of Life, which is dedicated to human biology, and of course, the Universe of Energy, which pays tribute to energetics. And technically, there's also the center of Future World, which acts as the point of unison between the left and right hemispheres, or Future World West and Future World East. And this consists of attractions like Spaceship Earth, the Fountain of Nations, and Inventions. And again, that ties the left and right hemispheres of World Showcase together. Don't worry, I'll be sure to include more information about the design of Future World and of Epcot in a future episode because honestly, there is quite a lot to discuss. 
Now, while the original Universe of Energy was more of a traditional, educational type of Epcot attraction, the Imagineers decided in the mid-90s to create a more entertaining version of the attraction to bring new visitors to the pavilion and to the park. So they leveraged talent from some existing Disney television series, including uh, the cast of The Ellen Show with Ellen DeGeneres, Bill Nye the Science Guy, Alex Trebek, and Jamie Lee Curtis to star in the new version. The attraction also featured a couple of cameos, again, from some existing talent out there uh, who weren't exactly directly credited, but who do appear in the attraction in one way or another. And those cameos include Michael Richards of Seinfeld fame, and he played the role of the caveman, caveman sorry, that appears in the first uh, room after the pre-show. We also saw, or heard, I should say, Willard Scott, who is of the Today Show, and Chris Berman, who is an iconic American sportscaster featured on especially ESPN. Now, the story of Ellen's energy adventure begins with Ellen kind of breaking the fourth wall in the pre-show and narrating her own energy nightmare. We begin with her watching Jeopardy on TV, where she sees her old smarty-pants roommate and professor of energy, Dr. Judy Peterson, or as she calls her, Stupid Judy, dominating the game. And after a quick visit from her neighbor, Bill Nye the Science Guy, Ellen falls asleep in front of her television and wakes up, or finds herself almost waking up, in a nightmare where she's a contestant on Jeopardy going head-to-head against Judy and Dr. Albert Einstein, Um, in an episode that is 100% devoted to energetics. She then becomes aware of her own dream and puts the nightmare on hold, and with the help of Bill Nye the Science Guy, she gets a crash course in the basics of energy. So Bill takes Ellen back to the Big Bang to learn about the origins of the universe, to the prehistoric age to learn about the origins of fossil fuels, and to the modern era to learn the different kinds of energy systems that we have available today, or at least that were available in the mid-1990s. She then comes back to the game, ready to take on Stupid Judy and Dr. Einstein, and of course, ends up becoming the new Jeopardy! champion. It's worth noting, of course, that this was all really just a dream, or was it? There's something kind of at the end there that indicates maybe it wasn't all a dream after all. Now, it's worth noting that Ellen's energy adventure was a very long attraction. Cast members would even repeatedly warn guests before they boarded the vehicles about the attraction's length. Now, guests would not be able to get up for 35 minutes. That's right, once you sat down in those vehicles and they made sure to repeat it several times, you were not able to get up to go to the bathroom, to get a drink, to take a break for 35 minutes, which makes it one of the longest attractions at Walt Disney World. Uh, It was even longer when you consider the pre-show, which made it actually closer to 45 minutes long, longer than the American Adventure. It was by far one of the longest attractions at the park and at Walt Disney World. Now, the attraction would begin with guests loading into a pre-show area featuring several large movie screens, and approximately every 10 minutes, very large groups of guests would then enter the main show building and board their vehicle. 
Like the Great Movie Ride and like Tower of Terror, these vehicles were large automated guided vehicles that follow these wires along the ground through the show building, which is a, a technology that I also described in our episode about Tower of Terror, which you have not listened to, I would encourage you to go back and be sure to listen to. Now, each vehicle was incredibly massive, holding about 80 guests, and the full capacity for the entire show or ride was about 500 guests. So the attraction featured a ride capacity of approximately 2,500 riders per hour. After guests boarded the vehicles, the show lights totally went dark and the vehicle would rotate on this turntable 180 degrees to the right to see another large widescreen movie. After a short sequence, the turntable would then rotate 90 degrees to the left and the vehicles would begin moving forward into the next room. We saw these curtains rise and this wall open up and we suddenly went through this tunnel into another room. When the vehicles then went through the room, they would pass 25 dinosaur animatronics and one animatronic of Ellen DeGeneres, which I couldn't believe when I read this, but reportedly cost about $2 million to make, a very expensive animatronic. Now, the vehicles would, after going through this section, then enter another large room and head onto another turntable, which would rotate the vehicles another 90 degrees to the left to watch another large widescreen movie sequence. From there, the vehicles would move back into the original room and into the original position as the final movie sequence wrapped up. And if you think about the shape that this attraction made, it was very much like a trapezoid. Uh, from there, and once we get into the final room, one of the things I loved is that we did get a little bit of an Easter egg from the original attraction. And specifically, at one point, the narrator says, Energy, you make the world go round, which is a nod back to the song that was played in the original version of the Universe of Energy. I'll be sure to play it at some point during this podcast episode because it's a really catchy tune. Um, and when I, if I ever do talk about the original Universe of Energy attraction, of course, I'll have to talk a little bit more about what went into the design of that song. Now, what also made this pavilion so iconic was the fact that the roof of the attraction was covered with 80,000 photovoltaic solar cells that helped to power the attraction. Not only did the design speak to the concept of energy, but the fact that the panels actually helped to power the attraction made the ride a much more authentic experience since it was truly utilizing what was at the time at least one of the most efficient ways to burn fuel. And then, as I mentioned, after nearly 35 years of this pavilion, Disney announced in 2017 that the Universe of Energy Pavilion would permanently close on August 13th to be replaced with a new Guardians of the Galaxy-themed roller coaster. Now, while we don't know, at least at the, as of the recording of this podcast episode, too many details about that attraction, there are some details that we do know. One thing we do know is that the entire show building for Ellen's Energy Adventure is going to make up solely the queue, pre-show, and load area for the new roller coaster, with an entire new show building now being built behind the former Universe of Energy Pavilion, and it is the largest show building at Epcot and one of the largest at Walt Disney World. 
So as I said, this is just kind of the high-level information, but there's a rich history to the universe of energy and specifically to Ellen's Energy Adventure, which again was the most recent, the last universe of energy show that was located at this pavilion. So of course what I want to do at this point is take you over to the attraction with me. As I said, it is a 45 minute experience, but don't worry because you're listening on a podcast. If you need to pause it at any point to use the restroom, unlike on the attraction, you can of course do that with the podcast recording. As always, the best way to experience this is using over-the-ear headphones or in-ear earbuds, which will give you that full 360-degree experience, but you'll also get a great audio experience listening in your car or on speakers. In either case, if you have never been on this attraction before you didn't get the chance to ride it, I hope this gives you a little bit of insight into what the attraction was like. And if you have been on it before, I hope this is a great stroll down memory lane to remember what it was like to ride Ellen's Energy Adventure. So let's journey on over to Epcot to Future World together and take a ride on this classic attraction. and welcome to the universe of energy. How are you? <coughs> no need to answer. You know, you're probably surprised to see me here, aren't you? But then there's probably a lot of places you'd be surprised to see me when you think about it. If you were driving in your car, for instance, okay? Close your eyes, you're in your car, don't no, close your eyes, in the car, but right now think about it. You're in your car, you're driving, and then all of a sudden from the back seat, I just pop up and go, hey! <laughs> you just whack me in the head, wouldn't you? That would be, that wouldn't be nice. But then it wouldn't be nice for me to do that to you. How'd I get in your car anyway? Can you, did you lock the car? Maybe it was your fault. Maybe I'm just teaching you a lesson. But the point is to see me here as a spokesperson for the universe of energy. I mean, that's crazy, you know. I mean, I'm an expert on a lot of things. You know that, I know that. But uh, not a lot of things, a few things. But energy, I mean, there was a time I could care less about it. And then suddenly everything changed. One day I was sitting in my apartment. I, I said I was sitting in my apartment when, there it is, I'd offer you some snacks, but she, I mean, I can't hear me say, hey, hey, you, how about sharing some of those chips? No, you're on a diet. Me, how about you? You're watching ABC. Anywho, I'm watching TV and my favorite show's about to start. This is Jeopardy. Yes. I told you it was my favorite show. What is, who is it? And of course, no one locks their doors in New York. <laughs> hey, it's your neighbor, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Hey, Bill Nye the Science Guy, it's Ellen, the, uh... Just Ellen, I guess. What can I do you for? I'd like to borrow some aluminum foil, a clothespin, and a candle. Another hot date, huh? Actually, I'm working on a new experiment. Ah, uh, take whatever you need. I don't want to miss any of the game. What are you watching? Jeopardy. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh! What? It's my old college roommate, Judy Peterson. 
She was such a smarty pants, know it all. I had the best nickname for her, though. What was that? Stupid Judy. No, and that makes no sense. She has a PhD. I know, but it made me feel better. So now I guess she's some hotshot energetic professor. She's a professor of energy. Whatever. Who cares about stupid Judy and her stupid energy? Ellen, energy's the most important thing in the universe. Oh, yeah, sure. Take her side. I'm not taking her side. It's just that without energy, nothing would go. Nothing would happen. I mean, there'd be nothing. Well, then we'd really be in jeopardy now, wouldn't we? <clears throat> yeah, well, what is, uh, thanks for the supplies, yes. and uh, see you later. <laughs> what is? Bye-bye. It's the Parliament of Israel. What is the Knesset? Right again. Go. Right again, Judy. Constitution stupid Judy, stupid energy. Maybe the universe needs energy, but I don't. I'll take a nap for a hundred. <laughs> I know. Big piece of corn right there in the teeth. How could you not see? I'm going to have to call you back. <clears throat> now, as most of you know, when someone falls asleep watching TV, that person is going to have a what? Anyone? Anyone? A crick in the neck? Bad hair day. A dream sequence. That's right, ma'am, a dream sequence. Right. Mine was more of a nightmare, actually. And uh, was, actually, we should get some fog in here. Always nice to spice up a dream sequence with fog. No, not in here. Over there. In the dream. Scary, huh? This is Jeopardy! Now, here are today's contestants, Dr. Judy Peterson, Dr. Albert Einstein, and finally, just Ellen. And now, here is the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. Thank you, Johnny Gilbert. Hello, contestants. Welcome to our program, and good luck to you in the game. Here are the categories for the first round of play. Solar energy, wind power, energy from water, fossil fuels, fusion, and finally, gas. Ellen, since this is your dream, we'll let you make the first selection. All right, Alex. Uh, I will take um, eeny, meeny, miny, uh, fossil fuels for, uh, oh, let's go for 100. Fine, the answer is, this was formed from microscopic plants and animals trapped in ocean floor sediments millions of years ago. Ellen. Yes, I know that one. That's, uh, that uh, is, uh, what, what is, hmm? what is uh, the stuff trapped, microscopic fuels in, in plants and in animals and... In, in, Sorry, Ellen, we were looking for something more than just an embellishment of what I had already said. Anyone else? Judy. What is petroleum, Alex? What is bituminous? What is solar thermal conversion? What is hydroelectric? What is helium? And so, as we come to the end of the first round, ladies and gentlemen, Judy has a commanding lead. Ellen has her work cut out for her, and Dr. Einstein is nowhere, relatively speaking. This is a nightmare or what? Oh, Ellen, your first correct response. Wait a minute. Breeze! This is my dream. I'm in control now. I can still win. I still have a chance to. Ellen! Ellen! Who is it? It's me, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Hey, I'm glad you came to help me. Actually, I came to see Einstein. Wow, you're getting clobbered. Yeah, this Nightmare Jeopardy version's a lot harder than the home version. Can you help me? 
Sure. But first we have to go back. Back stage? No, no, no. Way back. Like many billion years ago. Okay, but can we stop at a mini-mart or something to get some snacks? Because I have a tendency to get hungry after a couple billion years. No can do. Time's a-wasting. Come on! It'll be fun! Wait, it's not even over. It gets really weird from here. Now some person I don't even know reminds me there's no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography allowed in my dream. And no videotaping, okay? And those of you who are just walking in right now, you're late. Where have you been? I love your hair. No, not you. No, I mean, it's all right, but that's cute, yeah. Um, anyway, so you're not completely lost. Here's a recap of what has been going on. I'm Ellen. Hi. I love Jeopardy. I used to not care about energy at all until I had a nightmare that I was on Jeopardy and all the categories were about energy. <laughs> oh, don't I know. It's scary. So my neighbor, Bill Nye, steps in to help me out. Bill Nye, the science guy. Do you know him? Well, anyway, so he comes in to help me out. That's what's going on. Got it? Good. If you don't, then that's your problem because you're late. And you think about that next time. with your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the theater car, uh, Ellen's dream, and be sure to watch your children. And now, let's return to Ellen's dream. Why is it so dark? Because there's nothing to see. Let me get this straight. You brought me back billions of years so you could show me nothing? Sort of, uh, but out of this nothingness, many scientists believe the universe was born. Must have been a big delivery room, huh? Uh, yeah. Uh, see that single point of very hot, very dense matter? It contains all the energy of the universe, and it's about to expand at an astonishing rate. <laughs> oh, oh, here. Better put these on. Hearing protectors. Because it's the Big Bang. The Piggy Bang? No, the Big Bang! The Ding Dang? The Big Bang! Oh! <laughs> now, what you're about to witness took place over billions of years. Oh, boy. Uh, better take cover. All right, universe, you're cleared for takeoff. Come on! <laughs> Go. Bill? Good night. Good night, the science guy.
Here we are, 220 million years in the Earth's past, give or take uh, a day. Bill? Bill, I, I know I asked you to help me with this energy stuff and everything, but I was kind of hoping you'd show me a slideshow. A slideshow? I guess that would be easier, but <laughs> this is way more fun. Uh, yeah, this is fun. Where's the energy? Oh, it's all around you. See, these plants and animals are soaking up energy from the sun. When they die and get buried, time, pressure, and heat will cook them into the fossil fuels we rely on today. Like uh, coal, natural gas, and oil. Wait a minute, you're telling me that we're filling our gas tanks with, well, with dinosaur soup? Well, not exactly, but dinosaurs did live when fossil fuels were developing in the Earth. Dinosaurs are just cool. Let's check them out. Why don't we just skip to the air conditioning and jacuzzi period, huh? Alan, it's a chance of a lifetime. It's the chance of a hundred million lifetimes. Come on. You go ahead and make sure it's safe. I'll wait here, okay? You might as well go too. This is my nightmare. No need you staying with me. Maybe I'll go. What am I so scared of? It's just a dinosaur. What's the big deal about dinosaurs? They're not so tough. Probably have a brain the size of a pea. Ah. I hope you're not upset about that pea brain crack. Because, you know, now that I think of it, I'm sure these are much larger in this time period. I happen to love peas, don't you? Uh, I'll take that as a maybe. I should get going because I'm supposed to be dinner. I mean, have dinner with friends. So I should go. Hey, what's over there?
Now for a look out with Okay, our ultra-extended forecast calls for decreasing dinosaur population, followed by a sudden growth in those tiny little creatures the size of mice that we call mammals. Hey, I think you Birthday greetings go out to the cockroach, 200 million years old today. Boy, howdy. And maybe that comet will help get rid of them. Now, here's the traffic update. exactly where we need to be. All we need now is Alan. Bill? Bill, Bill, Bill? Oh, Bill, Bill. Ellen? Oh, there you are. Yeah, here I am. <laughs> yeah, look, you know, it's not like I don't like getting attacked by a snake-like creature. It's Shh. just... See, we're at the dawn of the human age, and one of our ancestors is about to make an important discovery, one that will spark the progress of civilization. Let's hope it's deodorant. See? We discovered fire! And we're really on our way!
So here we are today. Thanks, Phil. You can just drop me back in Jeopardy. I think I'm ready to get back to the game and kick Judy's big But old... But wait! To play the game, you have to know where energy comes from. You have to know where it's going to come from and how to use it more wisely. See, this is a really big story. You heard the man. This is a big story. From now on, we're dreaming in widescreen. Wider. Wider. I sound like a dentist, don't I? Hook everybody, rinse and spit. Just kidding, not you, sir. Thank you. We'll start with the sun. It's where most of our energy comes from, and it's at the heart of some bright ideas for tomorrow. Like what, Bill Nye the science guy? Like solar energy. Solar mirrors are one way to convert the sun's energy into electricity. Cool. I mean, hot. I mean, coolly hot, or hotly cool. So why don't we just make everything solar? Ah, not so fast. For one thing, it's not sunny enough everywhere. And although the sunshine is free, solar electricity still isn't that cheap. But it's getting there. Okay, in the meantime, let's just pick another category. All right. Today, we're using the clean energy of moving air, wind, to generate electricity. Well, then why don't we just get a bunch of wind farmers to harvest a big old crop of wind? We're starting to, where it's windy. But remember, to power a whole city, you need a whole lot of windmills. And when the wind stops blowing, we'd be left in the dark, wouldn't we? No way, we just switch to another source of energy. this big red rock isn't going to give us energy when we need it. No, but this big gray wall might. It's clean and efficient. I know this one. Come on, quiz me. Okay. Hydroelectric power plants convert the energy of falling water into electricity and are renewed by this natural resource. What is rain? Correct. So we just uh, build more dams and our energy problems are solved. Not quite. We've already used many of the best sites. And sometimes building a dam can be pretty hard on ecosystems. Seems like they're frozen to every one of these. What gives? Well, Ellen, there are no easy answers. The sun, water, geothermal steam, even wood all contribute. Right now, these renewables provide about 10% of the world's energy. But we can expect them to be playing a lot bigger role in the decades ahead. That's great, Bill, but we still need a heck of a lot more energy. Where's it coming from? And do you have a curling iron? Come on, I'll show you. Let's hitch a ride with the solid fossil fuel. Oh, I know this one. What is coal? Correct. 
and we've discovered two centuries worth. Whoa, what about global warming? It's a hot topic with lots of questions. And it's one of the big reasons scientists are working on ways to burn fuel like coal more efficiently than ever. Ellen, what do you know about gas? Well, if your stomach's bothering you, I could get you some club soda. No. Oh, you mean natural gas. It's clean burning. And at the rate we're going, we're set for about 60 years. 60 years? That's only 10 more years than 50. 20 more than 40. 30 more don't, than... Don't, uh, don't worry. We're always finding more natural gas all the time. <laughs> but we do need to use it wisely. So, Ellen, how long have you been driving? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Sorry, pal. <laughs> all righty. What's next? Oh, oh, what is black gold? Texas tea, swimming pools, movie stars. What is the Beverly Hillbillies? I, I mean, what is oil? Right. It's our main source of energy, and we found enough to last at least 50 years. That's all? We're far from running on empty. We've got some pretty far out ways of finding more. Wow, this is far out. Satellites are one of the tools we use in our search for hidden deposits, but there are others. many of the easily reached petroleum deposits have already been tapped. Hello? Most new discoveries will come from once inaccessible or hard to reach places. Wait just a minute, there's oil here? Actually, the oil is buried way deep under the ocean floor. Oh, well then I guess we can't get to it. So, where to next? Oh hey, don't give up. We can reach the oil with offshore drilling platforms like this. We're going in. Dive! Bill. Dive! Bill. Dive! Bill. Some drilling platforms are so tall, they would tower over the Empire State Building. I mean, that's big! and split them apart to release energy. It's called fission. Hold on! Nuclear energy is expensive and highly controversial. So I guess there's never going to be just one answer. But if we keep using our brain power, We'll have lots of choices for the future. Maybe even unlock the power of the stars. Fusion power. I'm beginning to see the light. Actually, I think it's double jeopardy, Ellen. There you are. Where have you been? The beginning of the universe. There were dinosaurs, and 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 I was in the bathroom. There, no more paper towels. Yeah, Ten right. Seconds there. Could we get Ellen to the set, please? Well, you've been absolutely amazing so far, blowing away the opponents here. <laughs> well, my IQ is 210. 
But I'll tell you something, Judy. The thing that really amazed me was that you and Ellen were in the same class yes. at school. We were actually roommates. I used to call her stupid Ellen. <laughs> okay. All right, players, we're ready to begin the second round. And Ellen, would you start us off by making a selection, please? I sure will, Alex. I will take dinosaurs for 800. Uh, Ellen, you do know that the more expensive the question, the harder it is. Oh, no, I didn't. Let me rethink that then. Uh, dinosaurs for 1,000, Alex. Okay, the answer is, this is when scientists believe dinosaurs first appeared on the Earth. Ellen. Uh, what is 220 million years ago, give or take a day? You're absolutely right. What is the sun? What is hydrogen, Alex? What are photovoltaics? What is fire? Which, by the way, is what sparked the progress of human civilization. Alex, I don't know if you knew that or not. Correct again, Ellen. And amazingly enough, at the end of this double jeopardy round, you have managed to come from way behind to tie Judy for the lead. Well done. Well, I just had to figure out how to work this little clicky thing here. How could she possibly learn so much during the commercial break? She's obviously cheating. Zip it, Judy. Dr. Einstein. You have no money, sir, and that means we're going to have to say goodbye. However, we want to thank you for coming here today, and we do have some lovely parting gifts for you backstage. Yep, here's a parting gift for you right now, Al. It's a long-lasting, low-energy light bulb. Enjoy the efficiency. Boy, there goes a real bundle of energy, huh? All right, ladies. You will recall that our final Jeopardy category on today's program is the future of energy. And so if you're ready, here is the final Jeopardy answer for you. This is the one source of power that will never run out. Good luck. see how well you did. Judy, we'll start with you. You wrote down nothing. That's correct, Alex, because there is no answer. Well, actually, you're wrong. Let's take a look at your wager. Oh, that's too bad. You risk everything you had, and that means you lose $17,800, and you wind up with nothing. Let's go down to Ellen now and see what she came up with as a response to our final Jeopardy clue. Ellen? Uh, what is brain power, Alex? You are correct. And your wager? You too risked everything, but you double your score to 35,600, and that makes you, Ellen, our new Jeopardy champion. Congratulations. 
Be sure to tune in tomorrow as Jeopardy Green Sequence Week continues. So that's how I became an energy expert. Again, expert may not be the exact right word, more expert-ish. Anyway, I've got to go. Look out for the dinosaur! <laughs> Kidding. I'm a kidder. Bye-bye now. with that, we close out episode 46 of the Imagineer podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, taking a stroll down memory lane to ride Ellen's Energy Adventure. It was an attraction that I remember experiencing as a kid. I have very vague memories of the original version of Universe of Energy, but very strong memories of Ellen's Energy Adventure. It was an integral part of every Disney vacation I took with my family and then on the Disney College program. I always enjoyed riding this attraction. But I want to hear from you, of course. What were your memories of Ellen's Energy Adventure? What did you think of this attraction? Did you have a favorite part, favorite uh, cast member in the attraction? Uh, and I, of course, want to hear your thoughts on the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster coming to this pavilion as well. As always, you can send me your feedback in so many different ways. You can either send me an email at imagineerpodcast at gmail.com. You can also call the voicemail by dialing 516-406-8376. If you call that number and leave a voicemail, I'll be sure to play your feedback in a future episode of the Imagineer podcast. You can also leave me a direct message on any of our social media channels, which include Facebook, which is facebook.com slash podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at podcast or on Twitter at Audio. So whether you post to any of those pages, post to your stories on Instagram or Facebook, or leave your thoughts in a direct message to me on any of those channels, I can also encourage you to join our Facebook group, which is the Imagine Your Podcast Disney fan community, which is facebook.com slash groups slash Imagine Your Podcast, or as always, go to the Imagine Your Podcast Facebook page, click on the community tab, and then head over to our group that way as well. No matter which channel you choose, I would love to hear your feedback. And speaking of social media, one of the best things you could do for this show is to share out the Imagine Your Podcast. Whether you share your favorite podcast episode, especially if that's this one or any other, if you share out the podcast as a whole or any of your favorite posts, share them to your Instagram stories in an Instagram post, on a Facebook post, Facebook story, on Twitter. No matter what you do, every single share does so much to help our podcast community 
to continue to grow. And another thing you can do to really help the show, first of all, if you don't already subscribe to the Imagineer podcast, I hope you'll hit that subscribe button, whether you subscribe in iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher. It does a lot to help you, number one, make sure you're aware when when new episodes become available and also does so much to help our community. The other thing that helps us out tremendously is to leave us a rating and a review in the iTunes store. Speaking of which, I do want to thank a couple of recent reviews. First one comes from Lauren BNNR, who says, fun and informative. This is a great podcast to listen to, great information, and a great celebration of the Disney magic. Lauren, I am so happy to hear that. I definitely do everything I can to deliver that uh, Disney magic to you in any way that I can. Also have a review that came in from Travis Bikey, who says, a truly magical podcast. Every time I need some extra Disney magic in my life, I can count on this podcast. From the fun facts to the stories and discussions about rides, parks, music, and everything else Disney related, it provides a temporary escape back to the happiest place on earth. Travis, again, that is absolutely something I always look to accomplish. I'm so glad I can help to provide that escape for you and will do my best to keep that going with each new episode. The other thing you can do to help this show is to support us financially over at patreon.com slash imagine your podcast, which helps us keep the lights on for the podcast and also helps to give you some extra special perks and uh, extra special content in return, including early access to some podcast episodes, some bonus contents, bonus episodes uh, that you can enjoy over there, and some other special perks and rewards as well. You can head over there by visiting patreon.com slash imagine your podcast. I do want to thank a new sorcerer VIP, uh, Michael Stiver. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. It might be Stuver, Stiver, but Michael, thank you so much for becoming a sorcerer VIP. It means very much. Again, if you are looking to get some extra special content and perks and rewards and help the show, please do visit patreon.com slash podcast. As always, I want to remind you that it is always possible to make your dreams come true. I hope you're doing everything you can to make a better, happier life for yourself. Remember, as always, that quote from Horizons, if you can dream it, you can do it. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again in a future episode of the Imagineer Podcast.
Oh